Planet Innovation. Planet Innovation. Planet Innovation. Planet Innovation. Planet Innovation. Planet Innovation. Now you can have your steak and eat it too. Without feeling guilty, I mean. There are many reasons why people might choose not to eat meat, including moral, health, and environmental reasons. Thankfully, there is now a solution that can address all three. Clean meat. Have you ever heard of it? Clean meat has different names. Cultured meat, lab-grown meat, craft meat. Basically, instead of raising the entire animal, you take the cells from the animal and then you grow them into the meat you want. Sounds intriguing? Actually, the idea is not new. This has been shown in popular science fiction. Remember, in Star Trek, there's the replicator that can make whatever food you ask for. This is no longer a fantasy. It is a reality. Some people have already tasted it. I have. I, I've had a Memphis Meats a duck a l'orange and southern fried chicken, and it was delicious. Today, we are interviewing people who are passionate about clean meat and think this is the future of the planet. They are writing books about clean meat, founding and running institutes to promote it, managing companies who produce it, and providing the money to fund these companies. They will tell us the benefits, but also the challenges of this emerging technology that is poised to revolutionize the way we eat. This is Planet Innovation. I'm your host, Maggie Delmas. Let's start by defining what clean meat is and why it might be a good solution to environmental problems. Here we spoke with Paul Shapiro, the author of the book Clean Meat, How Growing Meat Without Animals Will Revolutionize Dinner and the World. So what is clean meat? Clean meat is real meat. It is not a substitute or an alternative to meat. It is real meat that is grown from animal cells rather than raising an entire animal just to slaughter that animal. It's called clean meat because the food safety advantages are overwhelming. It has far less risk of E. coli or salmonella or campylobacter or other dangerous pathogens. And like clean energy, it's just cleaner for the planet. Not only is clean meat cleaner for the planet, but there's an exponential growth factor that really uh, speeds things up. So if you're starting just from one cell, uh, the cell dividing time is generally around 30 or so hours. And so you need uh, a period of, of maybe a couple months to do it. At the same time, once you get the cells exponentially dividing around that month period, you get so much muscle growth that you could theoretically produce the entire world's meat supply uh, from that one cell originally, because you have this doubling of the cell growth, that means that you're producing huge amounts of meat on a daily basis. Is clean meat real? What does it taste like? How far along is this technology? Who is investing in it? We will answer all these questions. But first, why do we need clean meat in the first place? What problem does clean meat solve? Well, meat production is a leading cause of climate change. In fact, the United Nations reports that uh, animal agriculture contributes more greenhouse gas emissions than the entirety of the transportation system combined. More than all the planes, trains, cars, boats, and everything. So 
animal agriculture, in addition to being a big contributor to climate change, is also a huge factor in deforestation, especially of the rainforests. It's a huge user of antibiotics and therefore a contributor to antibiotic resistance. It's also the leading cause of cruelty to animals. So whether it's from an environmental perspective, an animal welfare perspective, or a public health perspective, there's ample reasons to be concerned about the ways that we're producing meat today. In addition, animals like cows, goats, and sheep are the biggest contributors to the production of methane. Methane is 25 times more potent than carbon dioxide at trapping heat in the atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I would just say the following, that the planet is not getting any bigger, but humanity's footprint on the planet is getting much bigger. And as more and more humans come onto the planet, we aim to have probably around 9 or 10 billion of us by the year 2050. And many of them are going to want to eat a high meat diet. Yet the planet just can't sustain that. I mean, we'll have to raise the rainforest. We'll have to pollute so much more of our drinkable water. Uh, we have to find technological solutions to solve this problem of increased meat demand. Bruce Friedrich is the co-founder of the Good Food Institute, which advocates for clean meat as well as other meat alternatives. Bruce also gave us some insight into why the scope of this problem is so large. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I guess the three issues that pretty much everybody agrees are problematic. The first one is environmental. The second one has to do with food security. The third issue is the use of is antibiotic resistance. So in the United States, as one example, about 70% of all of the antibiotics produced by pharmaceuticals are fed to farm animals, and that creates superbugs. So what's the best way to stop this problem from spreading? Is it education? The way to beat it back is probably not to keep on educating people. Most people know that they should be eating less meat. A lot of people are aware of the way animals are treated, the way slaughterhouses operate, the inefficiency, the climate impact. And yet meat consumption just continues to go up. So how do we continue to feed 9.7 billion people by the end of 2050? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the big question. So the, the two big questions in food are how do we feed 9.7 billion people by 2050? And what do we do about climate change? Or put another way, how do we meet our obligations under the Paris Climate Agreement to keep climate change under 2 degrees Celsius by 2050? We are not going to do it with the antiquated present method of meat production. And fortunately, we have two fantastic technologies that are sitting right in front of us, plant-based meat and clean meat. Uh, we can use far fewer resources, create far less pollution, and we can also keep antibiotics working. So um, it's a very exciting time to be looking at these technologies, and these technologies are, are really the solution to the myriad harms of industrial animal agriculture. So how does this new technology work? Clean meat is it's real meat, but it's grown directly from cells. So you take a biopsy the size of a sesame seed from a chicken or a pig or a fish or whatever animal. And instead of funneling crops through animals, which causes the animal's cells to multiply and grow, that's how we get meat. Instead, you just bathe the cells in nutrients directly and the cells multiply and grow. It's an entirely natural process of cell multiplication and growth, but you're bypassing the animal and doing it in 
essentially what will look like, looks an awful lot like a beer fermenter. So you end up with essentially you know, getting meat from your friendly neighborhood meat brewery. These technologies sound great in theory, but has there been research to suggest there are measurable benefits? Again, Paul Shapiro, the author of Clean Meat. Well, uh, the life cycle analysis on this is, is, that has been done shows it's probably around 90% or so less water in order to produce meat this way, rather than raising a cow for beef production. So you're talking about huge efficiencies. And in addition to the environmental efficiencies and, of course, the animal welfare benefits, you also have just serious food safety benefits. If you think about, for example, how many resources are needed to raise an entire animal because you're, you're feeding that animal to engage in all types of um, behavior that we don't really care that much about commercially speaking, growing eyeballs, growing a brain, growing hooves and horns and intestines, when really we just want meat. And so if you can just grow the meat directly, rather than having to raise an entire animal, you don't need so many resources. And this provides huge efficiency advantages. So for example, a study out of Oxford found that growing meat from animal cells, as opposed to raising animals for food, takes 99% less land, 96% fewer greenhouse gas emissions, vastly less water, vastly less energy. And so when you think about just how much more efficient this is, how much eco-friendlier it is to produce meat this way, you realize that maybe we can have our meat and eat it too. That maybe we can produce meat without so many of the detrimental side effects that meat production today entails. But how do these cells grow? We went to an entrepreneur who gave us insight into the science behind the magic. My name is Rom Kshuk, and um, my title is CEO of Future Meat Technologies. Future Meat is focused on building uh, technologies for scaling up and reducing the cost of cultured meat uh, production. Um, we are focused currently on uh, poultry, bovine, and um, ovine cell growth. And I have to say that what makes us different in my mind is that we are more of an engineering company than anything else. So how does the company engineer clean meat? So um, I have to say that, you know, basically what clean meat is trying to do is to mimic the environment of the animal's body, but uh, in a lab environment. Meaning what we do is that we take the cells, we grow them in the same temperature and the same conditions that they're used to growing in the body. We supply them nutrients through um, media. The media could be animal sourced, like what uh, uh, most of the research institutes have been using, like serum-free, uh, serum, sorry, it's a um, fetal bovine serum. And the recent work that a lot of the cultured meat companies have been working on is for developing serum-free media, which is a media that would deliver nutrients for the cells, but is not animal sourced. Fabulous. Clean meat seems to be a triple threat, better for the environment, for the animals, and for the economy. But is it natural? Will people actually eat it? Ron, the CEO of Future Meat Technologies, had some thoughts. And I do understand that it doesn't seem like this is natural. But in the end of the day, you know, the other foods that we're eating all day natural is pasta natural, is, 
you know, uh, cereals natural? Is even lettuce, which grows in hydroponics, is this natural? So my kind of point of view is that in the innovation around the food area, we have to understand that there's a difference of what the consumer perceives as natural and what's really going on behind the scenes. We went to the streets to test the waters and see what regular people think. Are you vegan or vegetarian? I'm a pescatarian. No, I'm not. I'm a vegetarian. Uh, neither. I'm pescatarian. Have you heard about clean meat? No. No, I haven't actually. No. Oh, no, I haven't. If given the opportunity, would you like to try it? I would try it, but I don't. I would like to look more into it about like how it's made and stuff before I would actually try it. I think. I don't know. I would probably be grossed out by it. Yeah, I'd be interested. I would try it. Yeah. I'm not sure because it doesn't sound natural at all. Yeah, actually, that sounds interesting. There seems to be a lot of mixed feelings about this new technology, but historically, every new technology has skeptics. For example, Paul reminded us about the heist industry. It's kind of like, think about how in the 1850s, we had a very large ice industry where barons of the ice industry would ship huge blocks of ice that had naturally formed in lakes all around the world so that people could have in-home ice boxes and uh, ice cubes in their drinks. And then you enter the advent of refrigeration. And all of a sudden you have a much more efficient way to produce ice through technology rather than from nature. Well, the end result is the same. It's still just ice. There's no difference. The only difference is that whereas it used to be that we could only get ice from nature, now we can produce it through technology. Just like ice, clean meat will be just that, cleaner. So think about it. Right now, we are warned to treat raw meat in our kitchens almost like toxic waste. Uh, you're not allowed, you're, you're supposed to decontaminate counters that it is touched. You don't want it in the same shopping bag. And the reason is because there is feces on the meat. Intestinal pathogens like E. coli or salmonella can sicken us if we don't cook our meat extremely thoroughly. Well, with clean meat, you don't have to grow intestines at all. You're just growing the muscle that we want. To learn more about the consumer and investor side of this technology, we went to Seth Bannon. Seth is the founder of a venture capital fund called 50 Years. 50 Years is a venture capital fund based in Silicon Valley that supports uh, startups using technology to solve the world's biggest problems. From his experience, we asked him why he thinks consumers are still eating meat in spite of all the issues associated with it. You know, I think people don't love meat because of how it's made right now. They love meat despite how it's made. And I think when, when people see the conditions on factory farms or what a slaughterhouse looks like, they're repelled by it. Uh, but the fact remains, meat is, is delicious. People like the taste. So I think people uh, want to continue eating the meat they love, but they don't want uh, to have to worry about the sort of questionable ways it's produced. And, and I think clean meat offers them a, a solution. One of the companies Thess invest in is called Memphis Meats. Memphis Meats is allowing people to eat the meat that they love, just made a different way. And it's an area that I think is just really ripe for uh, innovation. Um, humans have a super long history with, with meat. Um, about 10,000 years ago, we began, began domesticating uh, animals for meat and, of course, milk and hides. 
Um, and while the sort of scale and sophistication of the effort has grown greatly since uh, our ancestors began domesticating goats, the basic formula hasn't changed all that much. Uh, we selectively breed animals with traits we want. Um, and so functionally, we're, we're sort of using animals as technology to turn plant protein inputs into outputs that we like to eat, drink, or wear. Uh, and Memphis Meats is, is saying, you know, if that's what we're using them for, what if we just sort of replicated the same biological processes that are happening inside the animal, outside the animal, so people can get the meat they love, but produced in a less problematic way. We asked our experts how clean meat tastes. This is Bruce Frederick. Did you like it? I did. I haven't actually eaten animal meat in decades, uh -huh. so more than 30 years, um, up at, other than this uh, clean meat chicken and this clean meat duck. But um, I did like it, and I think more importantly, uh, the people who work at Memphis Meats, who are regular meat eaters, uh, they said it is indistinguishable, indistinguishable from conventional animal meat, which I guess shouldn't be surprising since it is, you know, it is literally the exact same thing, just grown in a different way. This is Paul Shapiro. Unsurprisingly, clean meat tastes like meat because that's what it is. It is exactly down to the very cell, the same thing that people eat today. It's just meat. Uh, but yes, I've had uh, now clean beef, duck, fish, liver, chorizo, uh, yogurt, and more. This is Seth Bannon. Have you tasted it? I have. I, I've had immense meats, a duck a l'orange and southern fried chicken, and it was delicious. It looked exactly like meat. I mean, so they uh, they were able to actually grow a chicken breast. It, it had the same sort of threads that a, that a chicken uh, breast would have, and they fried it up. And uh, I think if you, uh, they actually, the same tasting I was at, they had a reporter from the Wall Street Journal, and she said that if if you know she was just given it uh, and told it was chicken, she would not have possibly known it wasn't uh, from a real chicken. And she said it tasted 100% like, uh, like meat. But I think uh, it'll also be tastier. So the way it works is it starts with a biopsy from an actual animal. And then uh, that animal's cells are just grown outside the animal. And what that means is that you can go and take, uh, Memphis Meats can take a biopsy from a prime Wagyu cow that's been massaged in sake since birth. <laughs> and then use that biopsy to grow thousands of tons of, of this meat, which means you should be able to have Wagyu beef cheaper than you could possibly get it through conventional means. A lot of the companies are focusing on ground meat, such as burgers and meatballs, but I wanted to ask Rom if there is a future in the more upscale meat dishes. So um, I saw on the internet a company focusing on foie gras. You know, I'm French, so that's... Uh, and, and foie gras is pretty expensive anyway. So, I mean, is there a way to focus on, you know, kind of the high-end type of meat? So then that, you know, the price is more competitive. Um, kind of uh, my comparison to the foie gras is uh, Finless Foods, which focuses on bluefin tuna, uh, which is a, it's an expensive fish. And it's a very interesting kind of approach of trying to get to the market with something which is expensive enough that you don't have the, the scalability and the cost issues. But I'm kind of in the point of view of that we have to focus on mass market. I don't see us, even if we get to the market with Foragra or another product, it still would be too expensive. And this is not kind of the income that we're looking for. It won't be wide enough. So we have to go kind of 
bridge that gap and I do I think that's my personal opinion that we have to go to the mass market kind of products uh, the raw material for sausages for nuggets for hamburgers for minced meat not for the niche types What is the future of this technology? Are there investors backing the production of clean meat? And who are they? This is Seth Bannon. I think what's very interesting is that though they have been supported by the traditional sort of sources of support of startups, which is venture capital and a lot of mission-aligned capital, um, yeah, for Memphis Meats in particular, you're starting to see a lot of the, the traditional um, incumbents getting behind them. So uh, they were, they, they've been financially backed now by both Tyson, which is one of the largest players in conventional meat, and Cargill, which is another one of the lar largest players in conventional meat. Um, and Tyson has recently stopped referring to itself as a meat company and started referring to itself as a protein company. Uh, and I think this is sort of in preparation for the, the, the changing winds that they see. Tyson seems to be a big player in this movement and actually is also funding Future Meats, which is based in Israel. This is Ron Chuk. So we recently finalized our seed round. The seed round was led by Tyson Ventures. Tyson Ventures is, uh, is the corporate venture arm of Tyson Foods. I think Tyson are the biggest or the second biggest meat producer in the world, a huge company, and we are very kind of humble of having them on board. Wow, even large industrial meat producers are backing this movement. Clean meat seems to be the future of the food market. So how close is this future? And how expensive is this meat going to be? Seth Bannon again. Uh, so yeah, so uh, to put things in perspective, uh, about three years ago, the cost per pound was about $3 million. <laughs> uh, about... Yeah, uh, about two years ago, it was uh, Memphis Meats was growing it for about $300,000 a pound. A year ago, for about $30,000 a pound. And their last public number is $2,700 a pound. Uh, and they've driven it down even more uh, since. So they've basically dropped the cost uh, in order of magnitude, 10x uh, each year for the past few years, and, and will likely continue to do so. So how do companies reach these gold prices? Ramchuk again. In my mind, we would have to find the right innovation and the right solutions to go much below. Uh, and why do we need to, to be much below? Because the, the regular meat competitive price is between 2 to $5 per kilogram. So we have to be there. If you would ask me what's the kind of uh, first product in the market pricing, I would say that it would still be more expensive. I'm guessing between 50 to $20 per kilogram. But if we're talking about long term, we have to be in the vicinity of the regular meat to make this industry competitive enough. I think you have a growing percentage of people the world over that are realizing that we're in a climate crisis and that want to uh, spend their dollars more sustainably and live more sustainably. And so I think clean meat just has an incredible advantage uh, over meat grown conventionally that way. Uh, but there are also other problems with conventional meat. So I think one huge problem that we touched on a bit earlier is that uh, factory farming has basically reached the limits of scale and is still failing to feed the world uh, uh, affordable protein. And a clean meat, because you're farming cells directly and you don't have to waste uh, time and land and energy 
uh, growing a whole animal, uh, should be able to grow meat even more efficiently than animal agriculture, which means at some point, clean meat, uh, there's a good chance it's less expensive than meat grown conventionally, which means it can uh, feed more people. And so I, I think the beautiful thing about clean meat is that it competes and wins on all the things that people care about. I think it'll eventually be cheaper, uh, it'll be healthier, it'll be tastier, and it'll be more sustainable. And so I think that over the long term, we'll look back on the time when we grew whole animals for several years in a field, feeding them and tending to them all the while, just to slaughter them, cut up their pieces, and send them off uh, to be eaten. I think we'll look back at that time as, as, as kind of absurd. And, and our children will ask, why didn't you just grow the meat directly? Why did you grow the animal for the meat? Um, so yeah, I, I think that it will absolutely become uh, even more popular than uh, meat grown conventionally. Now you know what clean meat is and that it will be available commercially in the relatively near future. You know that it seems to be much better for the environment than conventional meat and that it actually tastes pretty good. Clean meat seems also more efficient than raising animals and we won't have to slaughter them anymore. What we saw in the science fiction movies might actually become a reality. What do you think? Would you try it? Please send your comments to our website, planetinnovation.eco. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please take a few seconds to give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Your rating will make a big difference. This podcast is made possible by contributions from Natalie Ballesteros, Jacob Dahan, Sophia Garrick, Shota Kenmochi, Alisa Kwan, Evelyn Shu, and Ran Taho. See you next time!